This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Attention BetMGM customers. Have a friend who loves sports as much as you do? Here's a chance for both of you to earn a $50 bonus when they sign up through BetMGM's Refer-A-Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account and click on the Refer-A-Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, they'll receive a $50 bonus. And once your friend places a bet with their bonus and the wager is settled, you'll receive a $50 bonus as well. Share the excitement and get a $50 bonus every time you refer a friend to BetMGM. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Ohio only. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in 30 days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Hi folks, welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick. Here to do this week's By the Numbers with co-host Dan Reese. Dan, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. Not the uh, not the prettiest win, but uh, it was also really nice to have a weekend without without too much stress. So <laughs> I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was nice. So we got we got three straight Sundays with no football, which for you know people don't always get this, but for, for analytics people, people assign themselves a lot of work after the game. It's really kind of a break in terms of of what you're doing. Uh, Let's uh, let's jump right into this week's numbers. By the way, we're, we're we're recording this on Monday night, and the and the Browns have just dismantled 
the Bengals. We talked a little bit about this off air, but you think that's a good thing for the Baltimore Ravens? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, you know the Bengals right now are, are we're obviously in second second place, and they've got a tough schedule coming up ahead. Um, you know, we've got the tiebreaker against them, so I think this this is a nice little cushion um, going into the rest of the season. I, I like it too. I would really like to see the Browns not recover to make the playoffs, um, but uh, I think the Bengals probably will make the playoffs anyway. It's a it's a kind of a weak AFC at the wild card level, as it often is. You know, they're, they're, we haven't had the emergence yet, but uh, but I guess we'll see. Yep. Start us off. All right, sounds good. My first two numbers are negative zero point two seven seven and zero point six two six. So negative 0.0277 was the EPA per play in the first half versus 0.626 was the EPA per play in the second half. Just completely, uh, you know, night and day in between the two halves. Um, the 0.903 change in EPA between the first half and the second half was the second highest increase um, after half in the t- 2022 season so far. Um you know, and, and it was kind of across the board. It, passing plays increased significantly from negative 0.3 to, to over one. And run plays also uh, really turned uh, the tide a lot from negative 0.07 to, to 0.42. So really just a, a complete, um, you know, flipping the switch during halftime. Um, there was talk whether it was intentional game plan in the first yeah. half uh, to to then you know, lay the the groundwork for the second half. Not sure I buy that, uh, but uh, I guess it worked. So can't complain. So yeah, uh, I I'm I wasn't sure I bought it, and then I heard some things that made me believe. Well, oh, the reporters seem to be buying into what the players saying, and Jeff in particular was the one asking the questions. Okay. And I think he would capture the kind of the eye roll if everyone was like going along with a party line. Is that what the yep. coach said? Yeah, absolutely. That was the plan all along. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right, uh, well, interesting. <laughs> All right, let me jump on those that basically that same phenomenon from a slightly different angle with 18, 5, 4, and 1. The Ravens had 18 first down plays in the second half against the Bucs. They only got them to third down five times. On of those, the Ravens converted four. And the one time that they failed was that third and one, Drake ran for zero, and they could stop, and that led to a field goal. By comparison to that first half, they were they were on third down four of their first five first downs. So they had a first down on the Andrews pass, then converted right away to start the game. Then they got four straight, effectively three and outs by series, even though they had a field goal mixed in there after the muff punt, they had four straight three and outs by series. Um, and, and just a complete night and day difference. But the, the big thing I, you know, I look at that second half and that's the 2019 offense. Again, you pass a little bit. It's very effective because you don't pass all that much. Everybody has to be keyed to stop your run and they still can't do it. And the way the Ravens ran the ball right down the throat of the uh, Bucks in this game was just something to really watch again and enjoy. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think um, one of the things that it really reminded me, me of the 2019 um, team was how they were able to stay in front of the chains. You know, stay, uh, you know, yeah. keep it second and on medium schedule. on yeah. schedule or or ahead of it even. Um, and that's why they were able to avoid those third downs or or make them easy con- easier conversions versus if you're passing on first and second down and you're throwing incompletions or taking sacks, you're you're in obvious pass downs on third down and you're in trouble. And that's not where they can succeed. So, 
That reminds me, by the way, I want to talk to you about a special project after we're done with the show. It's about exactly that. Sounds good. Let's do it. All right. Um, my next number is also kind of talking about the the night and day. 17 versus 6.14. 17 snaps of 11 personnel in the first half uh, of last week. Uh, that compares to an average of 6.14 per week. So mm-hmm. 17 and a half versus six for the entire games uh, for the first seven weeks. Um, 42.5% of the snaps in the first half were from 11 personnel. So complete change from what they were doing for the first uh, first seven weeks. Um, and, and then kind of went back to it in the second half with only seven. Um, still higher than they had been doing, but um, you know, but but back to kind of what they had previously done. Um, it was it was really interesting in the first half. Fifteen out of the seventeen were were dropbacks, versus only two out of the seven in the second half were dropbacks. So, um, you know, it was very we're going to kind of what the NFL does in the first yes. half, <laughs> and then back to what the Ravens do in the second half, um, and then kind of with with Bateman out, it kind of even made it more shocking to me that, that they continued that, uh, you know, that, 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 uh, approach. So. All right. So one of the things I like to do is look at the, uh, percentage playtime to look at things like 11 personnel and, and looking at this, I add up the, the receivers and first of all, they had three wide receivers, 48 plus snaps, Robinson, Prochet and Duvernay. But if you add them up, you get 0.02, 2.13 wide receivers per play. That is so far above, what they've been normal, which is about 1.7, 1.68 wide receivers per play they've been doing so far for the season in with literally the heaviest formations of all time. Absolute huge change. One of the other big changes is that Ricard uh, really was only in there for about half the snaps this week, 39, well, 51%, 39 out of 76. So uh, big changes in the way they ran the offense, and, and they still even running a little bit less 11 personnel in that second half, getting back to some of their run routes, uh, still were able to click it, turn turn the switch right back on, and be very effective with it. Yep. Oh, it's my turn, isn't it? <laughs> uh, okay, 18.9%, 16.5%, minus 2.4%, and minus 6.0%. Okay, those are the rushing DeVoas. 18.9% for Gus Edwards, 16.5% for Justice Hill. They're both very good. You want a positive number in that category. Negative 2.4% rushing DeVoe for Kenyon Drake, which is going to surprise a few people because he's still got 5.1 yards per carry, but because DeVoe is, is substantially based on how many of your plays are offensive wins, you can still have a uh, a losing number there. And he's had a lot of offensive losses with a, with a, a number of very long runs for, for Drake so far for the Ravens this year. If you look at it, expected yards, he's at 190 and he's converted 251 out of that 190. So he looks really good in, in that area. So even, even at the, the minus 2.4% uh, rushing off by Drake, I don't, I don't hate, but then the minus 6% for Dobbins is the worst on the team. I think if, if, if you'd have told me Dobbins had a minus 6% to Voa or you know, even that the that the guys who yeah, I think if you just if you just told me that, I don't think the Ravens running game would be very good for the year. I, I think they'd have a hard time cobbling together a run game, you know, as we understand it, with Edwards still returning and you don't know what he's gonna do. So I think that's that for one is a surprise. There's the other part of it is there's 37 NFL running backs with at least 64 rushes this year. And the reason I say that is Devoa has a cutoff for the highest carry group 
at eight carries per game. The Ravens don't have any running back close to eight carries per game. <laughs> so I think Kenyon Drake I think leads with 49 carries of the non-running backs. And then after that, you know, Jim, uh, Lamar has 70 some carries uh, to, to actually lead the team. But what I've liked about what the Ravens have done is they've done still a good job this year retaining and finding the stylistic fits they need. I wasn't sold all the way that Drake was really the stylistic fit they needed, but he's done enough that, that he's he's done the right job. And then maintaining the commitment to Justice Hill, seeing the value on special teams, seeing the value of his speed has really paid off in spades for this Ravens run game so far this year. And they they look a hell of a lot more like 2019 than anybody really wants to talk about right now. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, uh, it, it'll be interesting to see um, how long Gus is out for. He's out for a mm-hmm. bit, right? Probably. I, I think if, if I had to guess, he's probably going to miss the Saints game and then be back. Yeah. From the yeah. So that, you know, that's that's manageable for sure, uh, especially with Justice Hill playing playing well as a backup. You know, with, with Gus Edwards, such a big difference on how he's looked versus how JK looked when, when mm-hmm. they came back, he looks, um, you know, he really has his burst. He really has his legs under him and uh, you know, it is, is coming right back to uh, kind of to, to form much better than kind of, I, 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 we had seen from JK. So it's really exciting to see Gus and, and uh, you know, hope, hopefully he can finish out the second half of the season real strong. So. Yeah, you're hitting on something so important is you don't really know what you get from a returning running back. And if if we were told before the season that one of the two is going to come back looking like the way he left, I think we'd have been real happy with that. We'd have probably guessed it was Dobbins. But yeah, but based uh, on the know. timeline and everything, you would have thought he would have ahead. Yep. So. Yeah. Yep. All right. Um, my next number is two point three seven, uh, and that's the time to throw from from Tom Brady in Week Eight, uh, the lowest in, in Week Eight. Um, you know, a lot of, uh, it was just, just a little bit below his season average of 2.42, uh, which is the second lowest overall in the NFL. So a lot of, you know, it's difficult to measure sacks, pressures and everything like that. When a quarterback gets the ball out so fast, you, he, he is intentionally doing it in order to avoid those negative plays, uh, but in doing so it kind of limits the, the positive plays on his, on his end. So, uh, you know, the, the fact that the Ravens were able to uh, register, I think it was three sacks and 14 pressures, despite that, uh, that low time to throw um, just really shows, you know, what they were able to get done. And, um, you know, it, it really, it, it kind of explains what you saw, you know, to, to kind of see those numbers of the ball out quick uh, so much, um, but but also really kind of encouraging to see that they were still able to get the pressure. So, yeah, it's it's it, it completely matches you know the metrics I keep, which are ball out quick uh, means the pressure didn't develop within three seconds, but I think it might have. And if 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 I don't know, I I, I err on that side. But seventeen times ball out quick, Brady had nineteen ATS attempts in this game, which is a lot. So the Ravens are really laying off him. And I only have the Ravens for nine pressures on 45 plays that weren't a spike or a, a, or a sack pass, but not a spike, I think. So uh, really, uh, really great that they did get some some finished pressure out of getting that little total pressure. Yep. All right, let's go on. I've got kind of a weird one here. Nine, seven, and 10. Daryl Worley is now playing for his ninth NFL team in seven seasons. So he's still only 27 years old, and the guy's packing his bags every other week, it seems. He's only seen the field for six of those teams. 
But here's the kicker. In 2022 alone, the Ravens have had 10 transactions. He was cut again today, by the way. Uh, 10 transactions involving Daryl Worley. So he's been cut. He's been added to the practice squad. He's been elevated. He might have been elevated again, then added to the 53 and cut again, added to the 53, cut again. It's just a whole season. It's been like that. I got to look at him and say he's probably one of the players who is going to continually make a spot for Bowser, Ajabo, Roquan Smith. And certainly they, they need permanent spots for those guys. And we can talk about that if you want. But uh, the life of an NFL journeyman is not an easy one. And there are a heck of a lot more of him than there are franchise quarterbacks. Obviously, they they don't have the gravitas, you know, in terms of 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 who's important to the game. But they they uh, in terms of being members of the NFLPA, I wonder if they if they feel like they're getting the right uh, the right treatment or if they feel like the rules protect them enough. Yeah, I think his situation is so interesting and it kind of is another example of uh, the Ravens gaming the, the mm-hmm. rules um, uh, because normally practice squad uh, players have three standard elevations. And what they've been able to do is completely get around that cap by signing him as a vet and then cutting him as a vet. So you're able to sign him. Are you guys still noticing that there's these strange tall boys of beer in the bottled water section at your local grocery store? Well, that's because it's not beer. It's mountain spring water from the Alps, and it's called liquid death. Why is it liquid death? Well, because it will brutally murder your thirst, and its infinitely recyclable Tallboy cans are helping to bring a death to plastic bottles. They also donate 10% of the profits of every can sold to help kill that plastic pollution. And you guys know me. I come on here and tell you a story about how I've been using it that week and kind of fooling people as I'm drinking water. Well, I got a new one this week. I'm not going to tell you what I did. I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do because this week is Halloween. So Monday night, I'm taking the kids around. And I know there's some people that are handing out beer and shots and stuff. But I don't want to do that when I'm around my kids. So when I'm dragging my two eight-year-olds around and going door to door, I'll be dragging the wagon with the cooler of liquid death. So I'll be handing out tall boys of water to parents. And hey, if a kid asks... I can actually give it to a kid as well because all it is is water straight from the Alps. Go on and get Liquid Death. Get it today. Get it ready for Halloween. Uh, You go get Liquid Death at your local Harris Teeter or 7-Eleven or find a Liquid Death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com forward slash film study. That's liquiddeath.com slash film study. Once you sign him kind of after week one, Mm -hmm. you sign him. And you only have to pay him week to week. So you never have to worry about paying him for cap purposes the rest of the season. And because he's a vet as well, you can cut him right afterwards. And he gets to choose where he wants to go. It do- he doesn't hit the waiver wire. So he he must have he's like the ultimate handshake deal, basically, <laughs> yes. that the Ravens have. And they know that, you know, he's the 54th player basically you know on the roster if they actually had 53 they, they don't but um but he will be the 54th player once they get those injured guys back and it, it's just basically their way of extending the roster counts and um and, and gaming the system it'll be interesting to see if the, the the league then does something about that i'm not sure they can but it's definitely interesting They've done little things, and we talked about this a lot during the offseason, about how they've done little things that we think, I think, might have been pointed at the Ravens, specifically the four-week IR 
mm-hmm. instead of three, the eight total returns from IR. And the Ravens aren't going to come anywhere close to that this year, by the way. They'd be lucky if they get up to about four guys returning from IR. They have pup returns, but I, in terms of IR returns, they're not going to have much for the for the entire season. So, you know, I, I don't think it ended up constraining them anyway, but I do think part of the discussion was that, well, look how many transactions Baltimore had like that on the last couple of years. We don't, we don't really want that for the game. Um, yep. I wouldn't be surprised if they take a look at this one. I, yeah. I don't know what they could do, but it's definitely them making the roster 54 instead of 53. So it's That's very interesting. Thing. I really want to talk about is, is the, the Ravens certainly are the best teams in the, one of the best teams in the NFL at, cutting the corners or understanding where the rules boundaries are. I'm not saying there aren't a couple others that are probably the same thing, but it's in, in a lot of ways it's been the Ravens have done it out of necessity these last couple of years, because they've been riding the cap so tight in terms of available space. And you, you've, you've kind of educated us on that on this show and on others, uh, you know, a number of times over that period. And uh, boy, uh, they have to be experts at manipulating the edge of the roster. Yep. And they're doing it again this year, right? They, um, you know, they have been sitting at 53 people on the mm-hmm. roster for a long time now because they don't think those two extra players would see the field. Uh, so they, they, they don't next, uh, they don't need to kind of add the additional players. So, so they've had two empty roster spots, right? Yeah. I think it's 51 is what they've had, right? When, oh yeah. Sorry. To, looks, yeah. 51 so. out of 53. Yep. Yeah. So, um, all right. Uh, kind of, Jump into my next uh, stat or next numbers are 66% and 31%. Um, in the first two games this year, Justin Houston played just over 66% of the snaps. Uh, in the last two games, he's played just over 31% of the snaps. And it, it's been amazing how big of a difference you've seen when he's been able to focus on uh, the, the high, um, you know, high, high leverage downs. Um, he's had four sacks in the last two games in, in, the, in 41 snaps versus two sna- sacks in the first two games on 103 snaps. So just I- extreme production out of a, a small number of snaps. Really interesting um, to show how he's been really only in on high leverage downs. Out of the 41 snaps in the last two weeks, 40 of them have either been on third or fourth down, fourth quarter, or the two minute drill at the end of the second quarter. So like completely what you would call, you know, high leverage, get after the passer downs. The only one out of the 41 that wasn't was second and 15, which again is a, a very likely Passing pass down. down. So it, it's been uh, very clear <laughs> what downs that they've put him in and it's uh, they've really gotten dividends from it. So, I mean, he's up near the top of the NFL lead in sacks, but he's by far, by far the leader in sacks per pass rushing attempt per pass rush uh, right now in the NFL, which is amazing. And, you know, what I what I love about what's happening with the Ravens with the return of Bowser and Ajabo, Bowser is like what Ronnie Stanley was the offensive line in, in a smaller total impact way. But Bowser being able to come back and play Sam linebacker is going to completely free up how they use their outside linebackers. And I, I, you know, we, all the kind of the indications are Ajabo is not going to be active against the Saints. Bowser is, uh, but Ajabo will probably get weekly activations at some point. And I would think this is going to give the Ravens. I would think they they dress five outside linebackers for a lot of games based on what the other positions look like. They have five defensive linemen, four inside linebackers, um, uh, 
five corners and three safeties, you know, from who they have healthy right now. I, I would think that they're going to have all kinds of opportunities to get back to these three and four outside linebacker looks that Wink really favored. And I'm not sure if they're, if they're uh, uh, you know, McDonald's cup of tea, but I think they, they have a chance to be now. And the Ravens can go much more in terms of optimizing their outside linebacker usage instead of necessitizing their outside linebacker usage like they did in those first few games. Yeah, it's going to be huge, especially with a couple of guys on, you know, on the back end of their careers, yeah. uh, you know, giving them some, some breaks uh, uh, because while Houston has been playing a lot lower snap counts, JPP has been up there um, mm-hmm. and, and he's been doing a pretty solid job, I think. Um, but he needs to get his snap counts down. So, um, so it'll be huge to get those reinforcements in there, um, you know, right after the, buy, well, I guess this week and then right after the buy. So. Yeah. Yeah. Very exciting. All right, I've got four numbers here, 3.17%, 0.77%, 2.58%, and 2.55%. The Saints have intercepted three-point, have been intercepted, have been interception on all fights, 3.17% of passes, which is 28th in the NFL. They have intercepted under 1% of passes, 0.77% of opposing passes, which is 31st in the NFL. So interceptions do not work out very favorably for the for the Saints. On the other hand, the Ravens have intercepted 2.58% of opponents' passes, which is 13th in the league, just respectful, a little bit above middle of the pack. And they've been intercepted on 2.55% of their passes, which is 23rd, as you kind of expect, is, is not as good. But this is a good opportunity for the Ravens to improve their interception statistics, to, to improve their net interceptions. A little bit frustrating this last week that they had three room service interceptions to three of their best ball hawks. And I include Chuck Clark in that group. I know Chuck Clark doesn't have a lot of career interceptions, but he's in the right place a lot. And this was this was an easy hands play. Peters and Humphrey had interceptions. They got to be kicking themselves about uh, at night for missing in this game. And I, I think this is a uh, this is a really good opportunity for them. There's there's also one of the. Uh, things that are interesting about how that defensive backfield is going to look going forward, that Roquan Smith is going to greatly change how the Ravens play defense. And one of the things I, I can't figure out yet, I can't predict yet, is how the Ravens are going to adapt to, with their dime defense or if they're going to reduce the amount they play. Maybe keep Hamilton on the field, not put in a slot corner, maybe put in the extra defensive back uh, at dime and have either Queen or Roquan Smith get some rest snaps. Out of that, either is a possibility. The other thing is possibly is thirty-two dime, which we haven't seen very often in Baltimore, but we saw it in two thousand one. We saw it a little bit last year, um, so it's it is a, a yet another possibility they have. It'd be a lot of different toys are right now available to McDonald in terms of how we can align a very very deep set of defensive units. Yeah, it's going to be exciting to see, um, you know, what he he draws up, and uh, you know, I think. Um, you know, I think we've seen some of the interception numbers dip a little bit once, uh, once Marcus Williams, uh, went down. Um, so the return of him later in the season will help as well, but yeah, Mm -hmm. man, those three drops were, were rough, especially from Peters, um, uh, in in the end zone was, wasn't that one, I think. Um, so, uh, man, that was, that was rough, especially from him because, you know, you know, the other two. (laughs) <laughs> they've dropped a few interceptions. So you, you, you kind of expected a little bit, but uh, Peters, man, he's got, got some hands. So for him to drop one was pretty frustrating. So, um, but yeah, exciting to see what they can do this week and, and what, um, 
what McDonald can draw up with the, especially over the buy, what he can kind of uh, scheme up. So now, now you're an expected value guy. Those three interceptions as thrown, where would you put them in terms of total expected interceptions? Because I'm going to say 2.15. Yeah, I was going to say got to be around two. Yeah. Um, you know. <laughs> You know, Marlon's maybe half. <laughs> he just, his his hands are questionable at best, but um, yeah, it's got to be around two. So that drop all three of those. It's a uh, it's rough. Um, I think only one of them resulted in touchdown afterwards, if I remember. But anyway, uh, you know, if, if they were if they got two of those, what a different game it would have been, and it would have been uh, a lot nicer, <laughs> a lot a lot more relaxing. So, um, my my last numbers are looking ahead as well. 105, 581, and 34%. Uh, since week four, when Alvin Kamara came back uh, from his from his injury, um, he's run slash caught the ball 105 times for 581 yards. Uh, this accounts for 34% of the yards uh, for the Saints during that time, which is the eighth highest percentage for anyone that's uh that's run slash caught the ball during during that time so uh pretty high um you know he's uh as a kind of obvious is but he he's going to be a, a focal point for this game and um you know it'll be interesting to see um how roquan you know plays a big role and, and him between him and queen they'll have kind of their work cut out for them to to cover him and try to shut him down in the run game. Um, but, uh, you know, that's, that's going to be the key is, is just, um, you know, focusing on him and, and, um, and limit, limiting his impact because he has had, uh, had an impressive four weeks for sure. So. Yeah. Oh, good play. Did, did I hear he, or maybe it was Mark Ingram actually had a, had a slight injury that he's working through right now. I think it uh, Ingram, Ingram, Ingram yeah. got hurt. Yep. Okay. So I don't know if he's going to miss time, but I, I think he got injured. Yep. All right, I'll move on. Uh, 83, 156, and 5.0. So Roquan Smith has made 83 tackles, which lead the NFL right now. Uh, however, the Bears have allowed 156 yards per game rushing, which is 31st in the NFL, and 5.0 yards per carry, which is 27th in the NFL. I looked through a fair amount of all 22 tonight because I'm doing another pod right after this on the, on the acquisition. But one of the things that is really clear is that the Chicago defensive line is just terrible. It it takes so little time to resolve double teams at level one. Uh, guards are always in, in Roquan Smith. He had in Roquan's face, I should say. He's had to work very hard for his tackles, and he still is a is a very good form tackler. Not everyone is working out the way you'd want. There are some twisters in there, but he's a very good form tackler. Really drives through the body. Really seems to enjoy and and go for the contact really likes to lay the wood. And, you know, honestly, that's been one of the complaints off and on about queen is that he hasn't always, you know, wanted contact in the same way. Uh, so anyway, something we can really look forward to. I think Roquan is going to play a lot better for this team for a couple different reasons. One is the defensive line is much better. So, you know, you, you're starting off with a guys, a set of guys in front of you, you trust better to, uh, two gap at the point of attack to, to, to be able to hold double teams off for a little bit longer uh, to allow your speed to come into play. Um, I think the other thing that we'll see is some of the players around him will be better. And, and, and that may include Patrick Queen in terms of some ability to move decisively after the football as a trail player, as opposed to the front player. And, and, you know, I, I would assume that Roquan is the mic and, and Queen is the will on, on most downs. We'll see if that changes, but uh, definitely a, a possibility that, 
I, I can make a case, and I will on this other pod, that Rokon could really improve about four positional groups on this defense, which is why I think the Ravens went out and got him and paid the big heavy price. Yeah, and I think, um, uh, you know, I think allowing you to play a, um, you know, more conservative defense to, to, you know, prevent passing deep passes and still have an ability to stop the run, I think will be, will be a big part of it as well. You know, I think, um, you know, playing those lighter defenses, but still being able to stop the occasional run, I think will, will also be a, a key to uh, whether this, this trade was successful. Um, you know, I think, you know, I think it's a, they paid a good amount for him uh, with, with the second and the fifth. Um, so, you know, even we'll, we'll see whether they extend him or, or, or not, but um but I do think he has an opportunity to return to his, you know, his best form because of a lot better defense around him. But I agree. I think he will elevate those around him as well. So, so you're one of the people I really look to for salary cap questions and the Ravens got a fair amount of salary cap relief in this deal as part of the trade. Had this, had they taken no cap relief or got no cap relief, what would you expect this trade to have gone off at instead of a two and a five? What, what might it have been? That's a really good question. Cause it kind of then goes to the point of, you know, how much does a, a you can get a direct cost of a, of a draft mm-hmm. pick really. Yep. Um, Computer. You know, I, yeah, exactly. Um, I think it would be really, it would be pretty low because not many teams had that cap. So mm-hmm. they're really, you'd almost have no market for him um, because you wouldn't have any buyers out there that could, could do that. So um, you'd probably be looking more at like just a third, maybe like a late third, maybe a third and a fifth. I, I think you, you gain a whole round uh, is, is my guess um, uh, based off of it because it, it completely changes the, buyer sellers for the for the market um in, in enabling to, them to to you know sell them to anyone ravens right. would not have been in this if he they had to take the cap it was way more than they had room for yeah that's a great point you gotta to have an auction you gotta have multiple buyers and, and that's really important in, in that case so i don't completely buy the whole thing about hey they're going to be fine because they'll get a third back when they do it. first of all i don't think you're ever guaranteed going into any season that you'll get a third for any particular free agent. Guy could get hurt, you know, things can go wrong. I don't think there's any guarantee they get a three. And second of all, it's a year deferred. So, you know, we have to haircut that right, value. So the fourth. Yep. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know, I think they, a similar thing with, with Yannick uh, and Gakwe, and I don't think they got a third. I think Four. they got fourth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, if he doesn't play well enough for you to look to sign him, he also hurts his free agent market. Mm-hmm value so you got you got to think about that right so um i'm not convinced it's going to be a third but um you know everyone doesn't want to pay inside linebackers so they'll get something back if they don't they don't sign it whether it's a third or a fourth i don't know tbd but it is a year later um but but i think it's more about this year and uh and making a push and um and, and seeing what he's got i think if he uh returns to the form that he sh- he was expected to be with a top 10 pick. Um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised, you know, it's not outside the realm of possibilities that they, they um, lock up their inside linebacker for the future. If he returns to that form with a good defense around him. So we'll see. 
Yeah, pretty safe to say they can only keep one of Queen or Roquan, though. Uh, I would imagine. I would imagine so. Yeah, I don't. I don't see them paying both market price. So, yeah. All right, outstanding. Always so fun to do the show with you, Dan. Tell folks where they can talk football with you. Yeah, reach out on on Twitter uh, at DP Reese, uh, then number eight. Um, happy to talk. Uh, you know the trades, cap, anything going on. You know it's a uh, it's an exciting time right now with a lot of changes going on. So uh, reach out and happy to happy to talk Ravens or anything else. So all right, outstanding. If you want to be on a film study short, hit me up. Uh, I'm really interested in doing some of these in the bye week. Uh, so please, uh, looking for content, looking for people who are passionate about topics. Got some people who want to talk about Lamar Jackson, always do. And uh, some very interesting things about the way a contract might be structured and whatnot. We're going to have that pod in addition to uh, pods on acquisition. If you want to talk about uh, what the AFC North looks like right now, looking for someone for that too. Uh, Dan, always a pleasure to do the show with you. My pleasure. We'll talk to you next time on Film Study. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.